What's up, everybody? This is episode 62 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast. And today we are talking about following God through discipleship. Although, I kind of feel like we should do a Bible story today. Oh. The story of Noah Noah and the Ark. Ark. Gosh, it has rained every day. For like... 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Uh, maybe more. It's a lot of rain. It's, I, I mean, I really thought last night we were going to have to start building an ark. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been crazy. It's like rain, 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 rain every yeah. day. Wake up. What's the weather? Rain. Rain. Yeah. And like, you know, Literally has rained every day. I mean, at at some point of every day for like the last month and a half or two months, I feel like it has rained at some point of the day at some part of the town. Yeah. Like maybe not complete widespread everywhere, but it has rained somewhere in our area. Yeah. Every day. Every day. It's been crazy. So... We're not talking about that, though. We're talking about discipleship today and what it means to be a disciple, what the Bible has to say about discipleship. And really, I mean, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to be a disciple because by definition, a disciple is a learner and a follower. And so you're a disciple of Christ, not like one of the 12 disciples, but a disciple. And a lot of times people miss that. You know, they think you can be a follower of Jesus or a Christian without being a disciple, and and really there's no way to do that. Yeah. Technically speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see your wheels turning. What are you thinking? I'm just just looking at, you know, know, the original... Like first century discipleship um, was considered to be the process that somebody went through to be a rabbi. Yeah, you don't have to be a rabbi to be a Christian. Yeah, but I mean, it's not <laughs> that journey is probably not a bad journey to be on if you want to be a you know a devout follower of Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi right. Jeremy. Uh no. I mean, I saw the I saw the example that you and Lauren gave last night, walking stride and stride, trying to be like her rabbi. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, that was that was fun. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. Actually, she grabbed me <laughs> from behind and said, "You start walking." <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> We had talked about the points of the message, but uh, not that exact illustration. And she told me right before the message, she was like, so this is what I'm going to do, and you just follow along. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I hope people don't just, like, fast forward into the uh, into the the intro of this podcast and just somehow accidentally land on that spot. She just grabbed me from behind and told me to start walking. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, you guys do you. That's yeah, fine. So, you know? uh, gotta gotta put it in context. Uh context there, Ken. Gotta gotta put it in contacts. Context. Gotta wear your contacts. Make sure that you get it <laughs> you see clearly what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. Anyway, but discipleship. Discipleship. Because we're one thing that we are looking at doing is we're we're gonna try to trim some of the podcast down a little bit. I think you know moving forward, trying to shoot for not quite an hour long episode, so we can um, kind of be a little bit more precise in your your day to day that you got going on, so that you can um, you're not squeezing us in for a full hour. You know, your people are busy, and everybody's busy. Unless you're stuck on ninety traffic, you probably don't have an hour to listen. Yeah. So well, well that's see. part of what makes it fun, you know, the the song inspirations. Oh, we can still do that. We're not taking that. We're not take we're not changing the podcast. We're just gonna try to slim it down. Try to slim it down a little bit. Slim know? it down. So looking at what does it mean to be a discipleship, why is it important? And I know that discipleship and D groups and that mentality, that pursuit is extremely important to you and to Lauren. And so uh, I wanted us to talk about that a little bit, talk about the importance of that and why it's such a big deal to you and why, you know, why you implemented that, why you brought that to Emmanuel, why that's something that you wanted to see um, really become a staple of ministry at IBC. So let's talk about discipleship, why that's important. Um, obviously, you laid a little bit of groundwork there as far as the simplicity of looking at being a disciple, meaning being a Christ follower, chasing after, growing after, pursuing after, being more like Christ. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about discipleship. Let's talk about the D groups. Let's talk about that model um, and, uh, and just kind of lay it out there for us. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the simplest explanation of why it's important to be a disciple making church is because Jesus was very clear on his expectation for the church. Uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, right? I mean, that sounds pretty important just in the title, the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus came and spoke to them in verse 18 of Matthew 28, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so I've been given all authority, all power. I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, and here's what I'm telling you I want you to do. In verse 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So again, literally, the the Great Commission tells us that we are to make disciples. And if we're serious about following Jesus, how could we possibly claim to be following Jesus and not be willing to go and make disciples when that is the great commission. Like he said to them, one of the final things that he said, go and make disciples. So it's hard to argue against discipleship. Now the question becomes, what is the most effective way to make disciples? And I don't think that, um, you know, there's a perfect way 
of of discipleship. Um, I think that the the Bible gives us some you know practical insights as to what right looks like and and how to be effective in creating disciples. But I think that you know how that how that manifests itself and what that looks like in, in a practical sense is going to be different uh, from church to church and even from discipleship group to discipleship group. But the whole three to five, you know, we get that from Scripture. Uh, Jesus had his, his large group that uh, he spoke to that were his disciples or his followers. Then he had his 12, and then he had uh, Peter, James, and John, which were the, the close three. Um, and so the, the discipleship mentality of having a group of three to five guys or three to five ladies, if, if you're a woman, um, you know, that comes from scripture, uh, obviously the, the different things that we do in the discipleship groups, they come from scripture, things like accountability questions and, uh, you know, maintaining spiritual disciplines as, as we grow in our walk with Christ, scripture memorization, and then just discussing the Word of God. But the big thing is, at the end of each D-group commitment, the plan and the goal is for you to then go into another one with people that you recruit yourself, which become your disciples. And so it's the process of disciples making disciples. And so you go into this time of spiritual accelerated growth, you hold one another accountable, pray for one another, study scripture together, memorize scripture together, and then at the end, each person that's a part of a group then goes and creates a new group, which is the process of multiplication that we see in scripture as well. So that's kind of how we do things here, and, and the reason we felt like that was so important again, is because that's literally the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. Yeah. So, um, you know, so talk about uh, the D group. Like, Anna, you mentioned it briefly, kind of coming together. What what does D group look like at Emmanuel for men and women? You know, obviously knowing that men are with men, women are with women, but what does that look like? What do they do? And kind of what's the the goal behind it? So there is a structure where we have, at the beginning, everybody signs a covenant that says, hey, look, we understand the seriousness of this commitment. They go to a little training where we share the, the reason behind it, kind of the heart behind uh, discipleship groups, and uh, we do that twice a year. So we have two semesters, kind of falls in line with our Connect seasons, uh, winter semester and a um, – uh, fall semester. Uh, so you got, you know, from January to January or from August to August, which by the time we start, it's more like February to February and September to September. But it's a one-year commitment. We started up twice a year, kind of in line with our Connect schedule. But they sign a covenant, they go to a training, they learn about what what it looks like and, and why we do it. And then they start that one-year journey. And like I said, they study Scripture throughout the week. Uh, everybody's going, uh, they're following a reading plan that we provide at the very beginning, reading the same passages of Scripture. And then once a week, they'll meet together. 
Now, here's where it kind of differs depending on, you know, what group you're a part of. Some groups meet at the church. Some groups meet at a central location. Some groups rotate between houses of the, the members of the group. And so... The location really doesn't matter. The The thing that matters is the consistency of it. You know, you're doing it once a week, and you're studying all of the different uh, scriptures that you looked at throughout that week according to that reading plan. We use the HEAR method, which is from Robbie Gallaty's Growing Up, a highlight, explain, apply, and respond. So you highlight in the, the chapter that you're reading the Verses that stand out to you, you explain what's going on in the text and how the text applies to your life. And then a response is uh, the way you're going to, um, you know, pray or ask God to help you or ask God for forgiveness or, you know, something that you need to do uh, in terms of, uh, you know, your relationship with others or behaviors in your life, things like that. And so we use that process and, and that's the majority of the time when we meet together. And then in addition to that, we, on the reading plan, have scripture uh, verses that, that we memorize. And so we memorize those verses, and then there's accountability questions that we ask. And, of course, we pray for one another, encourage one another, just kind of hang out. You know, uh, the groups that I've been in typically have some kind of snacks or food, and so it's like a fellowship. It's uh, structured and strategic, but it's also fun, you know, hanging out with guys and growing together in the Lord. And then again, part of that covenant and commitment is at the end, you, you multiply and, and you create new groups out of that one group. So as far as uh, discipleship goes, um, and you know, you've got those, you got the groups and stuff like that. Is it possible to be a disciple um, and and to make disciples without being, you know, a part of a, a D group at a church or whatever your church may or may not call something like that? Is it is it possible to be a disciple without being in something like that? Um, you know, just just by term and definition alone. Yes and no. Um, it's possible to be a disciple without being a part of a structured discipleship group at a church. I mean, you can create your own discipleship group. Is it possible to be a biblical disciple without being a part of a local church? I don't think so, uh, because I think that the implication in being a follower of Jesus is that you're a part of a local church, because that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's where you do life with other believers. That's where you serve the Lord with the gifts and skills and talents and resources that God blesses you with. I mean, that is uh, the the way in which God has ordained the Christian or the follower of Jesus, the disciple of Christ, to grow and to make disciples. And so, practically, yes, you could disciple people without being a part of a structured discipleship group in a church, but biblically, no, because if you're serious about being a follower of Jesus, you're going to be a part of the local church because he's called you to be. Yeah, I, I'm not saying necessarily not being a part of the church, just looking at it from a practical sense of people that are a part of their church, but they're not you know, necessarily in a D group or in something like that. Yeah, they could create their own group. Yeah. I mean, and you don't have to go through 
like the the covenant, the accountability questions. I mean, all that uh, using the here method. I mean, those are all strategies. But yeah, you could be a disciple in your community. Right. You know, you're telling people about Jesus. You're you're taking someone who um, needs a, a mentor, and you're mentoring them in the faith. You know, you're gathering with a group of believers, and you're talking about the scripture with them, and you're helping them grow and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You're being a disciple that makes disciples. The, the discipleship groups are, ju- are just a structured way of um, helping train others how to do that practically. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you said that because I want to I hit on that. A lot of discipleship groups are focused on the principles and the scriptural, the, the scriptural foundation and the... Um, the like physical pursuit of knowledge and growing together in growing towards being more like Christ. But those, a lot of times those groups don't focus in on the actual like practical application or physical application, I should say, of going out and like actually quote unquote being a disciple as far as loving on other people. So let's talk about discipleship in the sense of, of what that can look like in a practical, physical standpoint of loving other people and, and helping other people see the love of Christ, whether that may be through service or through, like you said, take talking to somebody, bringing them on as a mentor, those types of things. Um, what does it look like to be a disciple in, in that capacity? So one of the questions in those accountability questions is, have, have you shared the gospel or your testimony with an unbeliever this week? And so it's that constant reminder that, okay, if we're going to be the disciples that God has called us to be, then we've got to be willing to talk to people about what God's done in our lives. Yeah, We've got to be able to share the message of hope, of the gospel, and it is important to serve and to help others and, and to be involved in things in the community. But if, if all you're doing is being the hands and feet of Jesus, but you're not saying anything about Jesus, then how much are you really being the hands and feet of Jesus? You've got to yeah. accompany those, those works with the message of the gospel. Yeah. And it's not either or, it's both and. You need to b- do both of those things. You need to share your faith. And then you need to let your life uh, be an example to others in what God's called us to do and how he's called us to live. So in your life, um, if you can, you don't necessarily have to share um, specific details as far as people or whatnot, but what's something that has really impacted you through a D group or through a discipleship program? Um, what was something that's happened in your life that you've just been like, man, this was, this was God moving in just a really, really cool way through this, uh, this, this practice. Well, I mean, I think the, the relationships that are built are key and you really get to know your brothers in Christ better. And you can do that without that consistency, but it sure makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And you're opening up and, and you're sharing, you know, some of your, your biggest prayer requests and you're getting to pray for others as they go through seasons of their life that, that are faced with challenge and difficulty. And it again, it's it's providing a structured way for you to grow 
uh, close in those relationships. And so that's, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other thing is just that level of accountability in terms of consistency of studying Scripture is so huge. I mean, we live in such a we live in such a busy, busy world. And if you don't set aside time each day to study the Word of God, then it's probably not going to happen. And you can do that on your own, but it's just like anything else. If there's accountability and if there's others that you're going to have to answer to when you don't, it's a lot more likely that you're going to do it. And the same is true with the other questions that we ask. You know, we ask questions about... Um, have you have you done anything ethical? You know, have you had any lustful thoughts? Have, have you, you done anything at, ethical? Uh, I said ethical, didn't yeah. I? Uh, yeah. Have I've you? Done I lots hope of you've ethical. done a lot of stuff ethical. <laughs> have you done anything unethical? <laughs> uh, have you had any lustful thoughts or tempting attitudes? Have you watched anything immoral? Have you honored God with your finances? I mean, these are questions that you know each week you're going to have to answer, and so. Um, yeah, if you watch something you're not supposed to, you're gonna have to tell them that. Yeah. Uh, if if you didn't tithe, you're gonna have to say that. If you participated in something you shouldn't have participated in, you're gonna have to say that. And say you lie. Well, there's another question that says, <laughs> "Did you lie about any answers?" I mean, you're gonna have to look them in the eye and and lie again. Uh, and and I'm not saying that people don't do that, sure. but. There's a level of conviction you would the hope Holy that Spirit. Them walking through Scripture yeah, together, exactly. and being more Christ-like, would lead them to not lie about that kind yeah, of stuff. To be, to be honest, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's so much value in that. And again, you know, talking about developing those deep relationships, we talk all the time because the Lord has just continued to be so so good to us uh, in terms of growth. And we continue to grow larger and larger. And we talk all the time about how as we continue to grow larger, we got to get smaller. And, and D groups is as small of a group as you're going to get, yeah. you know, three to five. Um, but it's really connecting people in a, in a deep and personal way. And uh, it's so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it's it shows a, a lot of value in in those relationships and that growing together in community. But I do want to I do want to ask you about that because in some regard, I, I know that there have been groups that have struggled with this and people that have struggled, you know, with you know you you build that community and you grow close together. Um, but then, at least with the model that we have here at Emmanuel, it's a year long model. Uh, and then, like you said, the goal is to multiply so that you continue to make disciples and then those disciples make disciples and continue to, to go on. And, and you have this huge network of people that have been pursuing Jesus together and they're all connected through these groups. What about, you know, those relationships that you create for that year? And then all of a sudden you have to put your time and effort and energy into new relationships and, and some people don't want to give up the relationships that they've created or feel like the time that they, you know, put into those relationships is now going to be taken away because it's going into new relationships. What have, what have been your experiences with that? And, and how have you seen those relationships survive, uh, be different, be the same? Uh, what, what does that look like for people that may be concerned about something like that? Yeah, I think it's a false perception because you got to think about it. So 
when you take that that meeting time, okay, let's say a two hour a week meeting time, there there are things that you discuss, you know, that that are relational that that you're having opportunity to discuss as you hang out with the guys. Um, that that is or girls. Well, I mean. You're not hanging out with the girls. Yeah, so I'm talking I, I to just, you. But yes, oh, oh, yeah. yeah I, I was just general, yes, general yes, purposes. Yes. General listeners, uh, yeah. guys or girls, depending on whether or not you're a male or female. Um, we already we already uh, discussed that, right? Guys stick with guys, and girls stick with girls. But um, let's go, girls. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there is that opportunity. Uh, there's that hangout time, but it's a minimal. I mean, the majority of the time you're discussing scripture. You are answering accountability questions, and you're memorizing Scripture. So say you meet for two hours. There might be 15 to 20 minutes of hangout time. And again, that's hangout time with the group. So the majority of your time is not hanging out and building relationships. Yeah. Uh, so, so in terms of total time spent, it's not like you're losing a lot of time spent doing that. And so the purpose and intent of those meetings is to grow together in the Lord. Now, from a relational perspective, those relationships don't end, nor are they expected to. But, I mean, you could easily continue to, to be close with uh, those guys or ladies, those girls, um, after that, that discipleship year is over. And, and you could still hang out, but I mean, think about it like this. So let's say, let's say 15 minutes, okay, 15 minutes per week is spent on um, like really hanging out, which I think that's, that's probably somewhat liberal. I mean, it's probably more like five to 10 minutes, just especially on an individual basis, but like 15 minutes as a group, okay? So maybe you've got, um, 15 minutes as, as a group. And you say that time is spent just getting to know each other, hanging out, talking about life, not, not doing any of the curriculum, not doing any of the structured stuff, just, just straight hanging out. Okay. So in one month on a typical month with four weeks, that's an hour, right? So in a quarter, that is three hours, so let's just say you're going to continue that relationship. It would only take one three to four hour evening just hanging out as a group to make up that hangout time. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying. You're not making up the the scripture memory and accountability questions and all that. But if if you're just talking about the relational part, I mean, you get together every quarter, which, I mean, you'll probably do that more than that anyway, yeah. you know? Say you get together for a couple hours a month, you're still continuing that relationship. So, I mean, I I have intentionally tried to make sure the first D group I had uh, that we got together as a group, you know, probably once a quarter or so, but I still talk to them, like talk to them, um, you know, every so often on the phone, talk to them at church, and, and the relationship we have since doing D-Group together is much stronger than it would have been without it. And, um, 
I mean, you know, uh, like one of the guys I was in D group with, I've, I've gone on vacation with. Yeah. And so um, those relationships don't end just because the discipleship part of that uh, discipleship group ends. It's expected that you continue to be close friends. You're just now being strategic as you multiply your influence with other people. Yeah. It's stuck in my head. What? And I, and it's your response every time he asks you to go on vacation. Let's go, girls. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. It's all, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let, go. Let, let's do it. But it, it's, <laughs> it's not let's go, girls. I, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I've got the... Uh, oh, I, here I, comes the rebuttal. I've got it for you. Oh, goodness. Here we go. You ready? Nope. Here we go. Nope. You got to let the ad play real quick. But Bro, then... what are you doing with ads? That's YouTube. We got to get you on. <laughs> we got to get this man out the dinosaur age. Here we go. I mean, I'm not building a lot of transmissions anyway, but there you go. There we go. Going coastal. <laughs> Have you heard that song before? Yeah. Yeah. You know who that is? Don't say it. You know don't, who that is? Don't say I know who it is. Don't don't do it. Cages. Oh. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean I'm turning it off. That's all that's all for today, folks. <laughs> Shutting it down. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the common misperception is that these relationships in when the discipleship group ends and if that's happening let me say it this way you're doing it wrong yeah <laughs> you're doing it wrong if that's happening because yeah. the relationships should continue sure it's just your strategic and intentional influence of making new disciples should continue on after that discipleship group comes to an end so, uh, you know, we're doing good. We're just at the 30 minute mark. So if, if we, uh, if, if we're wrapping up and you could give a, you know, one sales pitch, one challenge to a, the new believer or to a believer that's never really been involved in a discipleship group. If you could give them a pitch on why they should be in a, a discipleship group and why they should pursue being a disciple of Christ, what would you say? And, uh, and go. Jesus said to do it. <laughs> Your it, heart it. <laughs> needs it. And it will totally change your life. Yeah. And through it, 
you can change the lives of others. You can expand your influence, which, I mean, who doesn't want to expand their influence in the world? Sure. And to make a difference and to know, yeah, I, I mean, I actually made a difference. Yeah. And, and I made the world a better place. And God used me to grow his kingdom. D Group will do all that. Yeah, that's powerful. So if you haven't been involved in a D group, especially if you go to Emmanuel, if you are a listener that is attending and a member of Emmanuel, uh, we strongly encourage you to get plugged in to a D group. The new fall session should be coming up pretty soon. So uh, if you're not plugged up to a D group, we want to get you plugged in. And then uh, if you uh, are just, you know, at another church, if you've got opportunities to plug into Deep Group, we encourage you to do that, whatever it looks like. Become a disciple, get plugged in, and go coastal. That was a virgin margarita, Cam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Get involved in a D group and make sure you take time to get a little sun, sand, and a drink of ice cold strawberry lemonade in your hand. Not here, because it's just doing nothing but raining. Raining, that's right. You know. That's right. So, but. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Every single time someone thinks of a discipleship group, they're going to think of Shania like a woman. <laughs> there are worse things that could happen, I guess. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, uh, gosh, you know, I've just uh, been here sitting in this uh, discipleship group, hanging out with my bros. But man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> uh, actually, that might be a good song for the ladies' discipleship groups. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Going out tonight, gonna let it all hang out. Yeah, let Jesus just all hang out. That's right. <laughs> Just be open and transparent with my accountability questions. Men's shirts, short skirts. Yeah, but not that part. Oh, just oh, yeah. Mm. Man, I feel like a woman, and you should if you are one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're you're growing in your your walk with uh, your fellow females. You, you should feel like a woman. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and if you're Growing in your walk with your fellow brothers in Christ, you should not. <laughs> you should feel like a man. Yeah. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, whether you're a man or woman, I mean, discipleship groups are so important. It's so important to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. So important to grow in, in the Scripture that you're hiding in your heart. And it's so important to have people in your life that are holding you accountable and uh, pointing you towards the truths of God's Word. And uh, 
discipleship groups provide all of those things. So we need to wrap it up because Cam's getting crazy over here picking out new songs and we don't have time because remember Cam, we're trying to we're trying to keep this a little shorter. I so. know, but it's been raining so much, you know, it just just Turn that mess off. Uh-uh. Nope. All right. So it's can- 62. <laughs> so so can- turns off the purple rain. Let- one more time. The main reason that we're serious about discipleship. How do we go from purple rain to the Great Commission? I don't know, but we're ending it that way. Because it's been raining <laughs> so much. <laughs> that it's turning up. purple outside. It's raining purple. Matthew 28, <laughs> verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the church said, Amen. Amen. That's episode 62 the Follow You Anywhere podcast. We'll see you next week on episode 62.